everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? I am Townsend. Uh, This is my buddy, Katie Kirkland. We're going to chat with her about her faith in the weight, which we're twinking. We are. Ah, so cute. It is. Oh my gosh, we're just so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say thank you to you. Um, It's, you know, infertility is not something that is talked a lot about and um, it can be a a scary topic for some people. And um, I appreciate you, you know, and humble that you asked to share our story. And I also just want to preface this with saying like, I'm not a pro at this and my weight has is not near was not near as long as some others and it may have been just a little bit longer than some other people's but um everything that I'm sharing is just what I've experienced and um and my prayer and is that this just spreads some type of hope for somebody and um that's all I really would really want for anybody is them to listen and know that um there are people out there that are just like you and we're here to help. And so with that being said, I am Katie Kirkland. I am um, a mom, obviously now a sister, a, a daughter, a friend, a first grade teacher, a tired first grade teacher. Um, <laughs> and um, I live in Conway. We are about to pack up and move to the big city of Greenbrier here in a little bit. Ooh, but other than that, I've been in Conway since I went to UCA. And um, met Townsend back in the day, girl. Long time ago. We were so young. So young. So youthful. What happened? I know. I need to come back, please. (laughs) Without further ado, let's start with how much did you know about infertility before you had your trials with it. So it was this something you were familiar with? Was it something that just totally caught you off guard? What was going on? Well, it is a a pretty neat story to me. Uh, My mom is actually one of 11. Get out of town with it. One of 11. (laughs) Yeah. And um, there's 29 first cousins, huge family. And Um, I remember my mom um, struggled with infertility. She and my dad um, um, got a later start, starting their family. And she always says that we keep them so young. And after trying for about 13 years or so, um, they adopted my sister. And two years later, they had me. And so I know, surprise. And so I remember standing in my mom's bathroom and I must've been in like, Mm, high school, my early college, I can't remember. And I remember saying to mom, like, mom, do you think this will happen to me? Do you think I'll have any trouble? And um, she looked at me and she was like, well, my mom didn't. And she was like, you never know. And she said, but I would not have traded it for the world. And so I thought, okay, that's right. Her mom had 10 kids and adopted the 11th. And none of her sisters had any issues and um so i really didn't really think much of it after that and um and so that i did know my mom has always been super open and has always talked to us and talked to family members and friends about her story and so i just thought like 
it could or it couldn't, but really you don't really even think about that when you're trying to start a family. You're just yeah. wanting it and you're like, this can't, this isn't going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. So I did know quite a bit, not in depth to what I would later on find out, but I wasn't, um, you know, just in total, um, I wasn't just oblivious to the whole idea of infertility or struggling to get pregnant or having any type of weight in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. So is that something that's genetic? All, you know, the doctors that we spoke to really, they said no, you know, some doctors can't, will say it is, and some doctors said it wasn't. And um, so, you know, when you see several different doctors, they all have different opinions too, and you have to remember sure. to keep that in account. But in our case, no, the answer that, that was okay. the answer that we got. Sorry, okay. if you hear that We're in the background, we're making baby bottles over here. It's all good. <laughs> uh, after this conversation, you'll be you'll be reminded that the noise in the background is a blessing. That's right. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, how long did you and Scholar attempt naturally before you realized something was kind of off? And when you did that, did you sense a little little bit? Like, were y'all caught off guard when you went to the doctor and found things to be off, or was this something that, like I said? It just yeah. totally caught you off guard. Um, well, initially, I think, I mean, our doctor, phenomenal shout out to her for, you know, everything like I'll get very emotional talking about her. So um, she, along with so many other doctors, will say, like, it is not uncommon for your first year to, um, for it to take up to a year to get pregnant naturally. And, you know, by like nine months or 10 months, you're like, what is happening? And, you know, something that your body hasn't done before and it's something new and yeah. and so about that after like the first year I kind of was getting a little antsy and um but always just thought like oh it'll happen it'll happen next month or it'll happen next month and um it never did and we ended up we were still at our um our my OB here and we did a couple um IUIs which is artificial insemination it's kind of like the step below um ivf and um we got pregnant off the first one which is kind of rare i mean statistically not a lot of people do and we were just in shock and that was about a year and a half about a year and a half after we had started trying and we're just like what so shocked like thank you lord and um unfortunately that pregnancy ended up in a miscarriage and um, we continued to do medication and cycles and stuff like that um, throughout the next year before we started IVF. Goodness. Yeah, man, I'm so sorry about that. That's tough. I've heard, so miscarriages are something, speaking of infertility, are just something that it's hard to talk about. And so mm -hmm. therefore it's also hard to ask about yeah. and it's hard to address. So kind of something I, t I touch on with every topic I feel like a lot of these things need to be addressed a little bit because they're so common mm -hmm. and the people that struggle with it or go through it think that they're alone and nobody you know checks in on them because it's scary it's scary to ask about to break that ice you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings yeah. you know and it, it's hard to talk about as the mom and the dad I mean that's tough and especially because you know you don't know how it feels until you're there and nobody wants yeah, to be there and sure. and so there's no blame or there's no heart 
you know, I have never felt any anger or anything towards people trying to figure out what to say or how to say it or anything like that. Um, but you're so right. It's a topic that's not discussed when I 100% believe that women need it to be discussed. And because it is so much yeah. more common than you realize, which is heartbreaking, but also, um, you know, more than likely there, um, there'll be a rainbow after that. And that's just what we continue to pray for and yeah. hope for. Yes. Sadly, most people that I think of that have tried to get pregnant have had at least one miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And so it's sad that in our world, we just kind of expect them to look past it and be like, well, better luck next time. You know, yeah. but there's nothing, there's no really support in that time. So during that time, this is kind of veering off what we discussed before, but did y'all seek counseling or anything like that during that tough time? Did you have a lot of support? How did y'all get through that? Oh, well, um, this is my favorite question. 100%. Okay. Um, we, I did. I just was just so consumed in like this has to happen now. And I didn't know why it wasn't happening. And, and you can't help but to think of guilt and, and that time is passing and you see all these other people your age with families and, and you want to be there. And I just finally was like, I need someone to help me. I need somebody to say like, Katie, this is going to be your story. And this is going to be you. And, and you're going to have to live it out to your fullest. And guess what? It may not be easy. And no one told you it was going to be. And so I did. I am um, for about a little over a year. I saw um, a therapist, a licensed therapist. And um, I was you know, like, it's like a scene from the movie, like, I came in, and I sat on this couch, and I just was like, why am I here? I do not need this. Am I crazy? <laughs> I am crazy, but, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, and after probably, like, seven tissues, and three hours later, can you imagine that person talking to me for three hours? She, like, does not get a paid enough. Um, she, um, I was like, this is my best friend. I was meant yeah. to come to you, and I saw her, I mean, sometimes it'd be up to three times a week. And sometimes she'd be like, you don't need me this week. Go do you. And eventually she um, was like, hey, we're done here. You you have all, you've got this. And I was, and I was like, um, no, I do not have are this. Are you breaking up with me? Yeah. No, are you no. breaking up with me? <laughs> and um, she, um, she was like, my goal is not to keep you forever. My goal is to see, oh. you know, to help you through the situation and to get you where you need to be and um, to be your best self. And so um, sometimes I'm like, should I, what, can I make up something to go see her soon? But yeah, um, so I need her number because I need to be her friend. She sounds yes, amazing. I was going to tell you <laughs> if you make any announcements after this, I need to give her a shout out too. Um, yeah. She's phenomenal. Absolutely. Okay. So you vaguely mentioned it, but what were some of the steps you went through? Um, so you found out that you were kind of concerned you weren't able to do it. Uh, you went through the first step, got pregnant, mm -hmm. had a miscarriage, went to counseling for about a year, you said year and a half. So what were the steps after that or during that as far as infertility goes? So um, we did, man, I'm like having to go down memory lane and yeah, when you're yeah. in the moment, you know, just it was my life consuming. And now I'm like, it's a chapter that I've got to go back and visit. Yeah. We um, tried naturally for a year and a half or so, did five rounds of um, artificial insemination, four after we got pregnant with and then had a miscarriage. 
and then um, you know lots of medicine in between um, fertility medicines, fertility shots, tons of herbs. Um, if anybody's going through infertility right now and sees an ac goes to acupuncture, you know what I'm talking about: teas, um, warm feet. Um, and then I did a lot and a lot, a lot of acupuncture, and um, which helped with so many areas. And I couldn't, um, uh, I couldn't recommend it anymore. I promise you, the needles aren't scary, and they're tiny, and you kind of feel silly at first. But you know, after going for a few months or so, um, it all kind of starts to um, feel like it's making a difference. So we did a lot of um, acupuncture in Little Rock, and then we um, when. After my fourth IUI here in Conway, my doctor and I were just like, you know what? We worked hard. We've done our best. And there are people um, who, you know, are trained in other areas. And so let's try this. And that was super scary because you're like leaving a home. Yeah, And sure. I'm going to this clinic that's larger that, you know, I don't know them. They don't know me. I haven't yeah. seen them ever. And um, we did one. I We did we started off just doing IVF, but my first round failed and we had to convert it to an IUI and that was um, unsuccessful. And then we did another round of IVF and um, a very low count of um, embryos. And then we did a frozen transfer. I know all this stuff sounds like gibberish and so I'm sorry. Um, and then we did another IVF and, um, it was successful and we have this yeah. little blazing fiery girl running around blazing. She is blazing. blazing. I tell you. All right. So I only know because I've had a couple of friends go through it and seeing the pictures is just like overwhelming. So at one point when you, okay, your baby announcement for one. So yeah. it was a picture of just tens of needles in a circle and then a little ultrasound in the middle so when you talk about IVF and IVI talk about that process because it does sound like gibberish yeah. to a lot of people so talk about the needles and the shots what is that process that you have to go through okay um it can be different for every person matter of fact my mom always says like uh, and always said I hate that you have are having to do these multiple times but every time we're going we're learning more about your body. They're being able to yeah. change up your routine and your medicine. So just because it's mine doesn't mean it would be a protocol for anybody else. It's just, you know, they try to get it um, more individualized to you. And so with the IUIs, that's um, in that's artificial insemination where you are on infertility medicine, whether it be pill form or a shot um, for about a week or so. And then... Um, when you're ovulating, they will inject your husband's sperm into you and in hopes that it will, um, it will fertilize with your egg. And that's just like a quicker way to try to, you know, make, make the baby. And, sure. um, and then for IVF, um, it is a lot and a lot of, um, blood work to try to see where your levels are at and what needs to be up and what needs to go down and um, where you're at with your hormone levels and your progesterone levels and I mean just 
all this data on your body that like literally I had no idea about, like had no yeah. clue any of that worked sure. the way it did. And so um, our protocol was just um, like an assembly of shots for typically they do them about eight days and you usually take about one or two or three. And my successful round with L. Catherine, mine kept getting extended. And so we went about 14 days with her and then um, to kind of grow your follicles. I know this sounds nutty. I promise like, don't, I'm not a doctor. So I may sound like a complete weirdo saying all this, but um, <laughs> your follicles inside of you that it will potentially have an egg and sure. um, they want to grow them and mature them and just make sure that you have enough to complete the process. And so after that, um, you will, they'll go in and you'll go in for surgery and they will remove all of your eggs and that's called the egg retrieval. And some of the follicles can hold eggs, some of them cannot. And so um, I um, had different numbers of eggs and follicles, different both rounds, and or both types of, both times we did the um, egg retrieval. And then they will fertilize your eggs with your husband's sperm and they will, um, in hopes create a embryo and they will watch them grow throughout the um, between three and five days and they will kind of grade them and see if what they're supposed to look like are they supposed to divide into this many cells at three days and this many cells at four days and this many cells at five days and you just sit there and watch this being formed like it is unbelievable and um, I do like to say that I have a little girl um, with a ton of prayer and also some science involved. And yeah. um, I'm so thankful that the Lord put science, scientists and doctors on this earth to do this or else, you know, this wouldn't be possible for people like me in this sense. So, yeah. and after That's that, wild. they just try to find the embryo that looks the best. And then you go back in and they insert the embryo in you in hopes that that little one attaches somewhere in you. It's that crazy. Crazy. Okay. I didn't realize that you had to go through surgery, gather the eggs. They kind of look over them for you. And then you go back in like, what a process you make it sound super simple right now, but following your journey and watching your pictures, it's heartbreaking because like you just see, okay, you go to Walmart and you mm -hmm. see somebody who's got 14 kids and they can't take care of any of them. And then you have you who just like is loving and caring and has all the support and has to go through all these things to have one child that, you know, would just be spooled rotten and stuff like that just hurts my heart, you know, mm -hmm. and everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I'm not saying so right. it's, it's right, right or wrong, but even as an outsider, like seeing your pictures and then going to Walmart and being like, why, mm -hmm. why does it happen that way? Yeah. And so just to hear to explain the process and be like, man, surgery is involved and shots, like tons of shots, not just one shot and three, two, three times a day and miscarriages and loss and grief are involved in this. And some people aren't as lucky to have one attach and to nurture and to turn into an embryo. Right. Right. And, and so, and with those just, little ones running around at Walmart that you, I mentioned earlier, I um, 
like look at them and now my youngest Hollis and I, they, after seeing the process that it, that it, your body has to take, make every step of the way, when I look at them, I'll forever hear like El Catherine was a miracle. She is a miracle baby and you're right. She is, but every single baby is. But when I look you're at right. those babies that are here naturally, they are the real miracle. Like I watched her form, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I saw it all happen. But for a body, I was just taken back thinking like women's bodies have to go through all of these steps. That is a miracle. Yeah. That is a miracle because yeah. now I know what they have to do. And so those yeah. little ones running around Walmart, um, they are the true miracle. And I'm so thankful that their mamas and daddies did not have to go through any heartbreak to get them. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue, and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right, back to the conversation. It is pretty cool. I mean, as challenging as it is, it's... Not that I would want you to go through that again, but what a blessing, because I feel like you're even more appreciative for what you have than you would have been had it just come naturally. Yeah. So now you know all every little step and every little egg and every little separation of the cell and all the things it took to make this beautiful, loud, blazing child mm -hmm. that you have running around, right? Yeah. But how cool is that? Like every day you get to see that and think, man, I watched cells spread apart to form you like how cool is that right i know i'm like i watched you from this little bit of bitty fall follicle when i didn't even know my body's made follicles like i didn't know our bodies <laughs> made them. like i don't even know what that is yeah. but cool she was yeah there. we had science together and, that's um, right i think you were on facebook the whole time it's cool i'm kidding oh I'm i probably totally was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's okay. I'm totally I'm zero. Uh, no shame in that. Whatever. Whatsoever. <laughs> don't tell my mom. Uh, that. that was a total joke. Total <laughs> joke. You were not. You were not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that plug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Back on a serious note. What do you feel like? We've talked about the blessings and we've talked about how cool it is. And I'm super big on everything that happens for a reason. And just like in awe of everything that is made. I'm talking like you have a billion organs and they all have a reason like that blows my mind all yeah. the time blows my mind so the fact that we can form from a cell that's separated into an embryo all this stuff amazing but through that process what do you feel like was the most challenging step or the most challenging plan that you had to make like what was one of the darkest moments through all of that um if I could pin, I really cannot pinpoint like the hardest moment. It was for anybody. And like, I want to say this, like, I don't need it. I don't, not asking for pity. And I'm not asking that sure. my story's worse than anybody else's because any amount of weight when your heart is hurting, like that is just equivalent to someone else's heart hurting. So I just want that sure. to be clear that I don't oh, yeah. think that my story has any more depth to it than anybody else's. Um, but when you go through this or when you go through any weight, there's a lot of, um, a lot of other, not stresses, but a lot of other 
areas that are affected by it. You are emotionally and mentally and physically, you know, you're just drained because you are just consumed in your situation. And I felt like that really took a toll on me. I felt like, you know, there were parts, there were days when I literally thought like, Katie, smile, Katie, hug somebody, you know, like I had to think because in the back of my mind, I was just thinking about the next doctor's appointment or thinking, what was I going to do now? Or just hurting. And, um, and sadly enough, that's just part of it. And, um, I, the most heartbreak I felt was, and I remember saying this and then I was like, Katie, you cannot say this anymore. Cause I, cause you know, the more you say things, the more you start to believe them. And, and that's when we just need to speak positive about the situations because we don't want the negative effect. And I'm like preaching to myself here in Eagram six. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, was after our, um, second round of IVF and our frozen transfer. And we had one embryo left and I was just like, okay, this is God's sign. Like we have got one left and this is going to be it. And we will have this sweet, perfect family. And I remember when they called and told me it didn't work. I just thought, I mean, like I couldn't, and this is the crazy thing was my mom was going to come and just hang out with me. And, um, I was, I was shopping and she was coming to the store or ended up coming to the store and they had called me right when she walked in and I just oh, looked wow. at her and I just shook my head and she's like, well, let's go. And I just sat on the couch and literally just was took in that whole day to feel sad and to feel angry and mad and heartbroken. And, and it's okay to feel that way. It, it was okay to, you know, to experience those feelings. I knew I couldn't live in it, live, live in them like forever. And I'd have to pick myself up and keep going. But I was just like, where do we go from here? Cause when you get to IVF, you just think it's the, you know, like it's the winning shot. Like yeah. you, you're at the final end and this, this happens and successful. And, um, and so I think that and having in the back of my mind, knowing like I have to do this all over again, I have to emotionally, physically do all this. That was, um, I think that was my hardest part. And I remember saying like, um, it is just a loss of so much hope. I had so much hope and now it is lost and I couldn't lose that hope and I couldn't keep saying that. And that's what I want to tell every mama is like, your mama waiting, like, don't lose it. Like it may hurt and it may, um, and it may be really, really hard, but you can't lose it. And cause I'm not losing it for you. Cause I promise you at some point, I hope at some point, um, that hope will shine through and, and you know, your story will become a story for all to hear too. So sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's okay. That's part of it. Like I said, kind of touching on that. Um, I don't know. And I said this earlier, out of all of my friends, honest to goodness, I, I can't think of any of them that haven't had a miscarriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And although they didn't have to go through this treatment, not all of them, I know a lot of people that did, but it's emotional and it's hard. And it's something yeah. that they feel like they should sweep under a rug and that's just not how it is. And I actually, so Easter Sunday, my family goes to church and we talk about it. And the sermon, I thought, 
is perfect for this. So I talked about how we go through all this pain and all this suffering and just whatever. So let's say your struggle. And for us, especially 2021, we think, oh, I'm going to be busy and I'm going to cover it up and I'm just going to keep myself working and I'm going to work out and I'm going to eat better and I'm just going to work, work, work. And eventually I'll be healed. Mm-hmm. And it talked about how you're never going to get from point A to point C without going through B, which is feeling it. Oh, and that goes so for true. anything. Yeah. yeah. So it the process wasn't meant for you to feel really bad and really sad and to get over it. Like the whole mm-hmm. process of healing through any struggle, in infertility included, is to feel it and to sit in it and for a day or for a week or whatever you need sit in it feel in it because that's what's going to make you grow and that's what's going to make you get to point c which is the healing point and the point of hope again yeah oh i love that so much yeah absolutely so i feel like like i said i kind of touch on this in every live stream because my point to everyone is that you're not alone yeah and I, I made the same mistake like through my struggles sweeping things under the rug thinking well i'm just going to eat better my exercise i'm going to stay busy and it's just a recipe for disaster yeah because that's not that's not what the plan was it was a b c and we just try to go a and c yeah yeah we yeah. don't want to feel it who wants to feel these things They're yeah terrible. <laughs> but, but and but then yeah. after you do feel it you feel better in a sense like you're like yeah. okay I need it all. Yeah. I needed to fill all of that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there's several people talking back, talking about one, a lot of people touched on your blog, which I'd like to talk about that later. Um, and then a lot of people are talking about how it's not discussed enough and that they're happy that we're talking about it. So oh, I'm so glad. Go. Yeah. I'm isn't so that glad. awesome? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that sermon was just Sunday. And I was just like, you saying that thought, Man, that was yesterday. I just heard Mm -hmm. that and it's the exact same thing. I love it. Super cool. Okay. So we kind of touched on this, but how has all of this going through all of this um, miscarriage, infertility, all this trying, failing, trying, failing, trying again, how's it changed your perspective on life or even motherhood? Like what's changed since Katie back in the day? Okay. Number one, life is not about me my life right yes like all those times I was like this is the spotlight on me it's gone and and I don't need it back you know like you just it is um so that's how life has changed you just quickly become um not I'm not saying I'm not downplaying motherhood but you quickly become you know behind the scenes and quick on your feet and all these things that you didn't know that you were because you were just too worried about yourself. And, um, but as my outlook on motherhood, I, this is one of my biggest fears with being, I've I've gone, this is one of my biggest fears of going through infertility. Um, And women who have not is, I don't ever want them to think that my journey to this baby was any more special than theirs. And I don't want them to think that I appreciate and love my baby any more than they appreciate and love their baby because guess what? I've done it twice, both ways. And I love those babies so much. And um, so I never want to minimize any mother's 
feelings compared to mine because the way that they had their baby was just the way that they were supposed to have that baby. And the way that I had my baby was the exact, you know, the way I was supposed to. And um, in all actuality, like, it just makes me so thankful that I'm here. And, um, and I'm just trying to be just like them. I'm trying to be like any mama who went through infertility or who was blessed to um, have the real miracles in their life. I just want to be like them. I want to love their babies. I want to love my babies like they love their babies. And I want to support them and feed them and help them grow and, you know, read them all the books they need to read. I'm just literally trying to do what every mama wants to do. And so, um, but I am, again, so thankful for the process that led, led me to one. And then, again, so thankful for the other process that led me to the other one. So, yeah. It's so basically you're the girl that walks into the store and anytime you see a baby, you're like, baby, yeah. you're that girl. Oh, 100% yeah. still am. <laughs> oh my God, a baby. I and don't I'm know like, them, but I baby. love them. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you have two at home. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> two babies. No, listen, you are put on this earth because we need people like that. My mom's the same way. Like, honest to goodness, she was put on this earth to be a mama and to mama everybody else, right? Oh, it needs to be your friend. Yeah, there's just a special, y'all are special people. Cause oh, I'm like, so sweet. loud, sticky baby. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I love babies, I do. But I feel like y'all are specially made and put in this world to be nurturing and caring like other people are not. So thank you for being such a blessing and so oh, amazing. so sweet. You're going to meet a lot of people in this life that are going to feel like you're their mother and I'm sure mentor a lot of children and your kids, friends are going to look at you like a mom because that's what you were meant to be. I feel like well, that's, that's, so that's your calling, I'm sure. Well, I that is the best compliment that you, that someone could give me because I really do, I mean, think of my profession, you know, like you said, I. I put myself, I hang out with a bunch of six-year-olds every day, all day. <laughs> and when they called yeah. me mom, I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, they'll be like, okay. mom, I mean, Miss Kirkland, <laughs> I called you mom. It's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Yes, I 1,000% believe people like you are put on this earth for that reason. I mean, God, you just, and I tell Taylor all the time, teachers in themselves are special, special people because I would drop kick a six-year-old if I had 20 of them in a class. So it's not for me. However, um, like I have my own calling somewhere else. And I feel like people have callings to be just loving, nurturing women and not even to your own children, but again, to moms and the kids in your school and moms to the kids that are 50 kids to a mom in Walmart. Like you just have that, you bleed that like love for everybody. So it's oh, awesome. It's so been sweet. really with, cool. With my head spinning. Okay. Don't think it's like a it's key okay. cutter over here. Okay. Yeah, no, but that's what makes it so great. Like you're hilarious. You're down to earth. And I think that's what makes you even easier to love for all the kids. You're fun. You don't take yourself too seriously. No, thanks. Okay. So what are some of the things that's been a hard road? It's been a great road. What are some of the things that have helped you cope? Like, I know you said you did therapy, so that's one, Mm -hmm. but what else? Um, I'm going to, again, shout out to my mom. Um, you know, having her walked this journey of some sort, 
there wasn't a second, there wasn't a minute, there wasn't a day that I didn't know that she was not praying for me or that she was praying for me. I worded that funny. Um, there were, I would come home and, or she would come stay with us and I'd have notes left in my, um, oh. my house coat and I would have journals that she would write in and I would have devotionals that she personalized. And, you know, so I, I felt like I needed my mom and my mom yeah. could relate. And so, um, I'll forever 100% be so thankful for her journey because a, it brought me here and <laughs> B, um, because she helped me through every step. And, um, with that, with my mom being said, the support scholar was phenomenal. still is, um, you know, it's a strange thing for men to go through too. And, you know, there was never an ego. He never needed any, you know, it wasn't ever awkward for him. And he didn't ever feel like this was his fault or my fault or any blame. And he was so supportive and so loving. And he was just on my team and we were on the same team. And he was like, what are, we're going to get this baby here. And yeah. so an extended family and friends um, got me through every day and I could not have asked for it. And I tell people this all the time. And I used to tell Skylar, like, Skylar, why are people so nice? I have to be nice. I have to be nicer. People are nice. They ask about us. They care for us. They like, like my Facebook posts. Like I've got to be a better person. Why are they so nice? Why do they want this for us so bad? Yeah. Yeah. And then after I had old Catherine, I was like this feeling, this is why, because I want this for every mama who wants this for themselves. And, um, and I didn't know that feeling and that was their why. And now I like have a why for them. So the support of that, um, I said acupuncture earlier that, um, that helped with, you know, not only like increasing fertility issues, but also with, you know, calmness. I have a, I'm an Enneagram six shout out to anybody out there. Um, I have a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and, it helps, you know, a calming of that, a great deal of, um, of faith and just, you know, knowing that this is my story and this is my journey and, and I have to put it all to him and I have to give it to God. And I have to say like, Hey, I need, I need you. And you don't have to tell me or show me what's going to happen next. I just need you to know that I trust you. And, um, and so, a lot of faith and a lot of prayer. And um, like we said earlier, when you were talking about, there aren't a lot of people out there or there infertility is not talked about a lot. And at one point after, I, when I was seeing my therapist, I thought I can't, I'm not the only person. This is not like, I'm not the only one out of my thousand friends on Facebook that's going through this. And so it was just in my heart to be like, Hey, if you're out there and you're feeling this and this is you, let's just, be together. Let's just do this together. And you don't have to talk. You don't have to, you know, share your story, but if you need me, I'm here. And if I need you, I'm thankful to know that you're there too. And so I started this group on Facebook called, um, in the wait. And it was actually started after one of my, um, cousins who has gone through infertility for a long time and still going through it. Um, she sent me a devotional called in the wait. So that's where I got the term. And, um, and after doing that devotional, I was like, okay, here I am. And in the most vulnerable state, I just let it out there. And I was like, 
join me friends if this is join if, me friends yeah if you want to be here and so um or not want to be here but if you want to be in here with uh people who whose hearts need you and you need their heart too yeah i love it so to go with that i remember seeing through your journey uh there was a picture posted at one time with everybody that bought the faith in the weight shirt and it's this huge group of people and it was all for you like how cool was that right it, so well listen um that it was so cool not yeah, deserving like what a humbling bit. what a humbling yes so humbling and um when i made the shirts i was really nervous that people were going to think that it was attention seeking or that they're like katie again freaking trying to have this baby <laughs> god give her that baby okay she's Just grown us give up her a baby yes bless like, her we, we need her off of our feed <laughs> and, jesus give um, her an embryo and so I just decided like, Hey, everybody has a weight of some sort. And I am choosing to put all my faith in this weight that I'm in. And I want other people, whatever weight they're in to put their faith in it too. And so, um, yes, we started these shirts and, um, we donated all of the, all the, um, all the money to, um, lullaby for hope. Check it out. If, um, you don't know anything about it. It's this beautiful ministry that makes these wonderful boxes for women who have had infant loss or miscarriages and they pray for you and they send you coping words or words to help you cope and journals. And it's just the most beautiful thing. And I had received one and I sent out, I continue to send them out and um, became good friends with the um, starter of, or the founder of, Lullaby for Hope, and we just decided to help them out because they were helping so many mamas, and um, that's kind of where the shirt story went. And I yeah. appreciate everyone and anyone who found it in their heart to to buy one. I love it. Well, you talked about what is their reason why? Like, why would they buy a shirt? Why would they be like, Katie, just give me yeah. And again, I go back to you just like radiate that love and that motherly instinct. And even if God didn't bless you with the children of your own, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but people like you are put on this earth to be the mother figure for people. I mean, oh, like, well. even if they're not, even if they're not birthed to you. So with Sweet. that being said, all those people in that picture, the hundred people that bought a shirt or whatever, they see that in you. And I think now you can go back and see that, right? Like yeah, maybe well, in the moment you couldn't, but now you should. Yeah, in the moment. And you're right. And I want to say that I see that every time I see that little girl run around. And yeah. um, I, I know without a doubt that she would not be here if it weren't for all these people who were just like shouting out to God for me. Yeah. And yeah. she is 100% here. Well, a little bit of science, but also like a lot and a lot and a lot of prayer. And um, thank you. Thank you to anybody. Thank yeah, you to you, absolutely. Townsend, for buying that shirt, girlfriend, oh, and wearing it. Girl, stop. Girl, stop. <laughs> um, okay. So you talked about what helped you cope. What would be your advice to families that are struggling with this or women that are struggling with this right now? So what would be Katie's word of advice? Um, oh, goodness. My little bit, my advice all summed in, into one is 
you just, just take a deep breath and you're going to have so many curves and I hope you don't curveballs thrown your way, but take a deep breath, say as many prayers as you need to, and you do what your heart wants you to do. If you're led to see this new doctor, or if you're led to wait a little bit longer, or if you want to take a break, you do what you need because, you know, um, ultimately this is your story and this is your body and this is your, um, this is your family that you're wanting. And, um, you have to do what makes you feel best in the situation, but also um, you can feel all the feels and you can cry at night and you can write in a journal that you share and give in, in hopes that other people, you know, like any type of anything that you need to make you feel um, comforted in the moment, just, Feel all the feels and do all the things that make you feel like you're taking steps towards um, towards your future family. That wasn't very short, and that was really roundabout. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Do do you do you? Both. Yeah. Basically, what you said. Yeah, because your just, story is just your more story. gracefully. And it's, yeah. it's different than anybody else's. You know, you talked about at one point. Um, I can't remember if it was when we were talking about this interview or you had posted this at some point, but you were talking about how going through this journey um, that people tried to give you advice and tell you what to do and not to do. And some people were like, try all these herbs and do it holistically. And then some people were like, don't trust holistic, do medically. And then some, mm -hmm. you know, just all these opinions. And that you saying that reminds me that goes with anything in life. Yeah. Everyone has their opinion, but it's your book to write. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't get to choose the chapter and they don't get to choose the ending. Only you can do that. That's right. And choose all of them. If that makes you feel happy or stay in, yeah, the, yeah. Stay in the lane that makes you, um, you know, feel your best self or make, you know, makes your heart feel the uh, feel good, but you're so right. You, yeah. Your neighbor yeah, you or your, you, Yes, just do it. Everybody's going to give you their point of view, but you do you. Yeah. Maybe you need a shirt that says that. Do you. Yeah, coming up next. That'll be the next one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. We could totally produce that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another question coming from me um, and others as an outsider. So like I said, I can't think, man, honest to goodness, I can think of one person off the top of my head off of, out of all my friends that have had children and gone through this process that have not had a miscarriage or have not gone through the infertility process and things like that. Like it's very common as an outsider, we want to help, but we yeah. don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. What would you advise those like your friends or acquaintances that want to show help and love? How would you suggest mm -hmm. them show support without, being weird or you know what's the best way to go about doing that yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to make you uncomfortable yeah well I'm right there with you now being on the other side it's you know there you do experience some type of guilt and you just feel like and that goes for anybody like people who haven't gone through infertility they feel guilty for saying anything because they don't know what to say or what's right and um my advice was to anybody and all of my sweet friends and family who, um, you know, just to be there, just to check in. How are you? We know what you mean. We know. Yeah. 
on a Friday night when everybody's going to dinner and you're not, and somebody messaged you and says, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I know what they meant. I knew exactly what they meant. Um, so just simple things like that. Um, comments like, I'm here to talk if you want to. It's because you don't want to talk. I mean, it's a new world for somebody who, else, who hasn't experienced it. And also, like, sure. just ask somebody, hey, I have a friend going through infertility. Katie, I saw that you were, what are some things I can say or do? Or is there a certain gift I can give them? Or not gift, like, you know, like some, sure. is there a devotional? Is there a piece of jewelry that you wear? You know, all these things that might be comforting to them that say things without saying them, you know, that are there for them. Um, so to just ask and to ask them straight up, hey, Katie, what do you need from me? What can I do? Do you need me to listen? Do you need me to just come watch a movie? You know, those kind of things, because yeah. um, they may just sit there and I have countless friends who have probably listened to me. Oh, for, oh, I can't even, I mean, just sob for <laughs> years and days. And I'm like, thanks yeah. for still being my friend. Um, <laughs> but that's all I needed. I just needed to tell somebody yeah. I needed to talk. I needed them to just listen. And, um, and it's not any, you know, one of my biggest regrets is not turning around and being like, when I was in the weight, not turning around and being like, okay, what about you? I think about that all the yeah. time. I think about like, I forgot to ask about people. Yeah. And, um, so I'm so thankful for those of you that, and those that of anybody who care enough to ask women yeah. or mamas trying to, start these families yeah uh to go with that i'm an enneagram six as well so i oh. totally get that oh yes. girl that's yes. all we for us uh -huh. that's all we for us <laughs> um yes yeah, so with that my way of working through something processing it is talking about it a billion and a half times mm -hmm. so yeah girl get it i get it so yeah. um my friends i'm like afterwards i'm like i'm so sorry i have to talk about it i just have to talk out loud yeah. through the process and i just need somebody to sit there and listen you don't have to solve it for me mm -hmm. but if you could listen that'd be great yes and yes i totally stop telling i stopped telling scholar because he's like every time you tell me it again it's a little more dramatic you add a little bit more flair <laughs> and i'm like okay yeah. well at least i know because in your head it builds yeah. up yeah <laughs> yeah yeah girl i get it i get it all right. So what would you tell yourself four years ago while in the wait, looking mm -hmm. back now? Okay. I always think about this question and I'm like, I'm going to nail the answer. I'm going I'm I'm to nail it. Oh. Um, I wish I would have told myself that. And I mean, and I say this with the most grace and the most, like not in any, any type of vein. I wish I would have known that I was made for this. Like this was me yeah. in a yeah. sense, but that he already knew God already knew that this, he made me for this, not for me to get on a live with you or to start in anything like that, but me mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually, like I can do this. I, I was supposed to be here and when those nights are like long and you're laying awake and you're just so confused, I wish I would have known like, hang tight, Katie, like you, you were made for this. This was supposed to be your journey. And this was supposed to be your story. And, um, and this is, and just have faith in me. 
into yeah. never lose faith in this that's why week we pay therapists what that's why we pay therapists to yeah. verbalize that for you yeah to tell me like she's the one who answered that question actually <laughs> yeah she's like okay you've got this but we don't listen because yeah. we're in six and mm-hmm. we're like no but i don't got this yeah you don't I, I need somebody to help me do this no, and I but did. i need you <laughs> yeah and i had tons of people help me do this so i don't think that i fought this journey on my own yeah but hearing you say that it's just like a slap in the face because isn't that life like aren't we all guilty of that yeah. every decision we make me especially I mean I didn't say because I'm a six I, I stress about everything I process everything but part of life is stress 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 and oh my gosh I'm alone and this is terrible and then you get there and you think oh I was meant for this yeah like this was supposed to be me this was like, supposed to be my story and yeah and I couldn't love it anymore and I yeah. am so thankful I'm so thankful for those four years and, um, and my heart is for anybody who has been waiting or has waited. Um, because you know, you just have to, or just experiencing it. I just, I just want to hug them and I want to tell them like, you're strong mama and you're incredible and, and you're made for this. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever this may be. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. yeah whatever this may be. Um, you don't know yet. I don't know yet, but, um, but it's your story and, and it will, and all, it will be great. Yeah. Uh, I have to say my mom's watching and you gave your mom a shout out. I have to say, as I have grown older, um, I have gotten to be so much more aware of how amazing women are, mm-hmm. right? Like how cool you're talking about the body. Like we were formed into this amazing body that can reproduce another body. Like how cool is that? Right. Yeah. And so as my mom, the older I get, the more I'm like, dude, she's amazing. All these trials that she's come through. Yeah. And not only that, has loved her children just ridiculous amounts and put us first and herself very last. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so cool to see you in that path as well. And so like, you're going to get older and your kids are going to grow up and hear this story and just be like, man, my mom is so cool. <laughs> right. And they're just going to be like, and you, what you had all that stress and all that worry and it worked out fine. Right. That's right. It's just so cool. It's just so cool to see it come full circle. And those girls are just going to be so appreciative of you. Well, you're so sweet. Yeah, um, I sure absolutely. hope so. Cause I came full circle <laughs> on it too. So yeah. I feel yeah. the same way from about my mom. Yeah. Isn't it cool? It I'm so, so glad neat. that, yeah, it took me adulting to realize how special people like how cool humans are individually but women in particular like there's mm-hmm. just something powerful about women well and that is just amazing that you know you're giving the shout out to everybody or, or to women you know and seeing yeah. the beauty and the difference in all of us and all of our different strengths and weaknesses and how we come yeah. together to to support and help and love one another and that's just oh, the beauty yeah. in it so Townsend you have such a um like you were meant for this 100%. I know oh, your paths have that. changed and um, you're right where you need to be. And I couldn't thank you for, you know, making sure we're all aware that we're not alone in any type of situation. Yeah. And, and so thank you so much. 
stop, stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you. Thanks for joining me. It's been amazing. Also, we didn't talk about Skylar much, but watching him through your journey, not only women, but man, what an amazing support system you had. Like he was amazing to watch and just patient and loving and you're a lucky woman to have him. So I do have to give him a shout well, out. Well, you're so like sweet. An and for anybody guy. that knows him, he is, you know, he, my mom said when we got married, he, she said, why would you not marry? You know, when we were going back and forth and she's sure. like, Katie, he lets you shine. And that's just his oh. loving nature. And so he is so gentle. And so, I mean, he was made for this. This was supposed to be his story too. And, um, and he I couldn't imagine doing this life or ha going through this journey with anyone else. So yeah, I love it. For him. I love it. Look, lucky guy, lucky girl. Well, you're awesome. sweet. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure and an honor to help man, just to share a really difficult topic and to the public. I mean, that's tough. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you for, I mean, I'm humbled that you even, thought of our story and our journey um, and just to anyone that you talk to or anybody on here tonight that we have a Facebook group called in the wait for mamas who are waiting or um, any mama who's gone through the wait to um, just just a lot of love and a lot of prayer and a lot of support questions and answers in that little group and um, so if you need a place if you need a little home for a little bit um, look look it up and there's lots of people there who, who want to love you. I love it so much. Um, I didn't have that. There were so many coming in. I couldn't do it, but there were a bunch of comments. I don't know if you could see them, but several people said you were the best mom. Several people said you're the best teacher. Oh, that's sweet. Um, there were tons of comments really quickly talking about how your blog changed their life um, and affected them positively. Oh. And then there were, yeah, I know, it was super cool. There were people talking about Skylar being great through all of this. Again, I didn't have time to read them all because they were just kind of flying by. But just know you've changed a lot of lives, whether you know it or not. And you've loved a lot of people as a mom outside of even your kids. So you were meant for this and you're Well, awesome. thank you, Townsend. You're yeah. so sweet. Thank you. Gosh, absolutely. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Thank y'all so much. And we'll be in touch. All right. Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. 
It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty. Camp Tanico, located near Hot Springs on the beautiful Lake Catherine, has been a tradition of the United Methodist Church in Arkansas since 1948. The mission here at Camp Tanico is to welcome children, youth, and adults to a place set apart where they can grow in their faith by experiencing God through nature and time spent in community and respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. Christian camps are uniquely capable of impacting lives for Christ. Whether you come as a guest on a retreat or come for a summer session, this is a place where you can release your burdens, find Christ's peace, and rest.